Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you are listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. And we are here, Catherine Zox and Lauren Deller-Blake, my co-host. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I'm doing well. The question is, how are you halfway across the world? I am halfway around the world, and I it's not good morning, it's good afternoon, because it's almost cocktail hour. It's like 4 o'clock. I am in Warsaw right now, Warsaw, Poland. I'm really, I haven't seen it, I'm in my hotel room, but like as I... Uh, you knew this, but we were in Istanbul for a few days and flew in this morning and we had spent about five days in Istanbul. Amazing city. Uh, I had, you know, one of the things, and I, I, maybe you know this, but Istanbul is the only city in the world that spans two continents. No, I didn't know that. Well, you have to tell Sierra. Sierra is Lauren's daughter for our new listeners, but anyway, um, and because this has to be part of her geography, Istanbul is yeah, it spans two con- continents. You it cross- does. I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah. you could even do that. I guess like, you could do that because continents have nothing to. Yeah, that's interesting. I had no idea. Asia and Europe. So you go across the bridge and you go into the Asian part, and that's more the uh, where people live. It's more of the suburbs and and uh, and less of, of city stuff. And the European side is where all the the uh, all the the old Istanbul and the new Istanbul, but business and the mosques and all. I mean, it's an amazing city. Fourteen. Well, some people said fourteen million. Some people said twenty million. But it's a huge city. That's huge. That is huge. Yeah, we stayed like in the old city part. Uh huh. You know, visited the mosques and supposedly we saw, uh, the, there was a museum of, you know, all the sultans, jewels and stuff. I mean, jewels like I've never seen. I mean, really? Oh my. The huge diamonds and rubies and swords. I mean, amazing and gold and all this stuff. But also one of the things that I don't know if I believe this or not, but encased in gold was this staff, which was supposed to, a wooden staff, which was supposed to have been Moses's staff, that it was a staff that Moses actually used. Wow. I don't know if I believe that or not. Well, they believe it, obviously, if they told, well, maybe not, maybe they made it up, but still. Great food. We went on a boat ride down the Bosphorus, you know, which separates the Asian part and the European part of of, uh, Istanbul and, you know, ate out on the water. It's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful city. And what's the weather like there right now? The weather was, yeah, I think the weather was, it was warmer than in in Slingerland. It was, I don't know, 60s to 70s. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a plan when you got there or did you just sort of wing it and see what you, see what showed up? You know, you can't wing it because if you start winging things, um, you don't accomplish much. I'm a great traveler. So how did you know where <laughs> to stay? I know how to stay. Like, would you go into a city? What? How did you know where to stay? Did you choose a well, place? You ha- to stay? I knew where to stay because I mean, we had already booked our reservations where to stay. I go okay. online and I know places that I like, and then I'll look at Fromers online, and then I'll look Got at okay. travel and leisure, and I, you know, cross-reference them and find the place to stay. But then you have to like really 
then go online and also look at where are the, you know, the, the stuff you want to see, the old, the ancient, the ruins, and then the new stuff. We went to the Istanbul, well, you know I like modern art, Istanbul Modern, which is their new modern art uh, museum, which they've only had since 2003 because they're trying to kind of catch up with the West in terms of modern art. Yep. And, and then we went to another modern art museum, and then we saw all the old stuff. But you really have to plan, and we get a guide. Get a guide for one day who takes you through the the highlights of the city, and then go back to or add on to, you know, what you saw. Because otherwise you're just wandering around. Yeah, I could see that happening. And is, I know, you know, Barry, obviously I know this, he's a big photographer. Is he taking tons of photos? He took tons of photos, beautiful pictures of me. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and I, and then he got me, they have these little cameras. Do you know that, like, it looks like a, it actually looks like a cigarette case. But it's a video yep. camera. So I used that. So I was videoing. Oh, he cool. Was still, yeah. So I got some, you know, I videoed. You have to be careful. It's interesting. Turkey is a secular country by government, by law. But, as our guide said, that's the law, but it's really also a very, it's, it's religious because it's mostly Muslim. There are some Jews, there are some Christians, but not, I mean, there's the Greek Orthodox Church. But it's predominantly Muslim, so you right. really see the contrast between the old and the new. I mean, you see. You, I love you know, that. I, guess, That's an, I yeah. love that. I mean, Lauren, burqas are illegal. You know those things that the women yeah. wear that cover them. Yeah, illegal. Illegal. You're not really. Yeah, because that because it's really technically not a religious country. It is a secular country. But you see women in burqas, young women and old, but not many. Their eyes aren't covered, but their heads are covered and their bodies are covered. Interesting. Yeah, but most people are in Western, I mean, 95% of the women are in Western dress. And it's also very international, you know, Chinese and Europeans, Eastern Europeans. So, but, yeah, so even though it's illegal, um, unless you're in a religious venue or something, uh, they still wear them. Interesting. Sounds like a yeah. fun trip you're on. Yeah. Lots of good food, good fish, great fish. Oh, right. Fish. You're right there, right? There's fish. You're, there's water everywhere. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So I'm excited. Yeah, so that was, it was just, I mean, I have to write down all this stuff, you know. I mean, the only thing is the taxi cab drivers who drive you around and around, and they don't speak English, and they speak Turkish. And finally, last night, we were going to this restaurant way up on the Bosphorus, this fish restaurant, and he's, I can tell he's, I wasn't, I didn't trust him after this poor cab driver, so I'm screaming at him. And he's screaming back at me, and he doesn't understand me, and I don't understand him. And Barry's saying, just be quiet, and, <laughs> please, and both get there. And I think he is going in the right, which he was, but because of my, you know, we had several experiences with them driving us around in circles. They, and they know they can get away with it, too. Yeah, they do. But you know what? Let's face it. I mean, the econ- economies all over the world aren't that exactly. good. Exactly, so. yeah. You know, if you're not making that much money, you, what are you going to do? You've got somebody you're never going to see again. You drive them in circles and make a couple more dollars. Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness, crazy. Yeah. So anyway, that, so here I am, and then next week we can talk about Warsaw. I haven't seen that yet, but we have three guests today. Anyway, wow, busy day. Yeah, Dr. Bonnie Jacobson. You're going to love her. She talks about her whole thing is she just wrote a book on marriage and marriage and choice and the little choices that we make make the difference, not the big. Episodal kinds of choices we make when we're married that really 
impact the marriage, but it's the day-to-day decisions that we try to make or the choices we make with each other that can get us into trouble or enhance our marriage. Interesting. Cool. How does that sound? I like it. Yeah. And let me see. Who else do we have? Oh, Tom Ferry. He is also a business coach and amongst other things, and he has written a new book, Life by Design. Nice. That's a great title. Yeah. This is like a story all about choices, and we have, we can make our own choices and, you know, make your own bed and lie in it. Ad, and then Adrienne Giordani, or Giordano, she, there's, um, she's talking about poverty in America, poverty, poverty in America, and raising funds and awareness for babies. Uh, they partnered with Toys R Us, uh, to save the children with blankets. Apparently, we have 2.6 million babies across the country are currently living in poverty in the United States. Did you know that? That's uh, no, but it's not surprising to me. Ugh. Yeah, and it's getting worse because yeah, of the economy. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, and, you know, you can see the economy worsening I mean, just at the airports here, like this, at the airport in Warsaw, there weren't very many people, and it's a huge, brand-new airport. Wow. Yeah, and it was... You know, I would. It wasn't empty, but we got here at you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. Amazing. That's a, something's not right there. That's amazing. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so it, it is an international crisis. Of course, I'm thinking I, when we were landing, I was concerned that maybe we wouldn't be able to land here because of the ash thing. I was wondering about that too. But maybe yeah. that's why the um, traffic is so low. Is people? I know that I. You know, I thought. You know what? I'm not going to expose myself to that at this point. The potential of being stuck, you know. True. Well, I have a plan B if we're stuck. I'm sure you do. (laughs) It's to go around the other side of the world, probably. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just turn around. Go to India or something. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you know, you have to uh, survival. (laughs) You know, just... There wasn't a problem. We landed, and I, I don't think there's what. But who knows what could happen tomorrow, right? Uh, you never know. Yeah. All right. Uh, you so never now, know. That's the thing about the crazy volcanoes and yeah. earthquakes, and the you know, and there's so much happening in the world. You know, I'm watching this whole crazy oil spill, and it's just it makes me cringe. There's so much going on in the world. Lauren, are they showing? And I wish they would. But remember, Sarah Palin, drill, baby, drill. Yep. Are they? Somebody should be. Those should be up on YouTube. Uh, I've been saying that over and over. I've been to myself and out loud. Like, does anybody like? Hello, is this? You know, do we really think this is okay? Uh, it's horrific. I mean, it is real. I don't think. Not that I do, but I mean, the repercussions of what's. I mean, that whole thing. It's. It's going to be just horrific for our economy. For, uh, not only. I mean, not just the people who live there, which is horrible, but it just. I, I mean, it's. it's the long-term effects of this whole thing is just... It, oh, I, we don't... I, we have no idea. I think it's just we don't even have a... Yeah. It's not even... The impact, we don't even know. Right, exactly. It's horrible. So, but anyway, but I just thought about that. I thought, you know, that this would be a great opportunity to, like, put her drill baby drill thing up there. And Yeah, exactly. Because now what all these... You know, it's interesting because all these politicians, what they say and what they... You know, it's all on video. It's all right there. You can go right back and play it again. It's true. What yeah. They, it's like your words will always echo. Uh-huh. Exactly. In the world, anyway. whoever you are, even you and I, you know, they'll always echo. Do you think about that? I do think about that. Yeah. Uh, so be careful what you say. 
Yeah, and be thoughtful about what but we we're say. Not it goes back to that whole say. thing. Be we, impeccable. You're, be impeccable with your word. Be sure that it's really what you want to say. Yeah, but when you're on the radio, sometimes you, sometimes you ever say things that you wished you hadn't said when you get off. Um, I don't usually, but I, there's times that, like I, I'm trying to be more thoughtful about my con- you know, conscious about my words, and it's not more the the things where I have regrets are more, and when I get frustrated, and it's mostly you know in my own home, you know. Like, oh, I wish I didn't say it that way, or, you know, I could have said that better. All right. So you're talking about personal stuff. Right? I am, yeah. With your to, family. I'm pretty well, this is I perfect think on the radio I'm pretty next, good. Yeah, well, we got the perfect guest coming up to this then, because Dr. Bonnie Jacobson, who is going to talk uh. after the break. Yeah, she'll be great. Uh, I think we got We just have a few. We don't have too much. We have about 30 seconds to go, so we'll take a break now, because Dr. Jacobson is here. Um, you've been listening or you are listening to the Catherine Zock Show with Lauren Beller Blake, my co host at VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. So don't go away because we'll be back in a minute. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Money. We love it. We hate it. And everything in between. You can be the master of your life and your own economics. Join Professor Laurie Lamantia each week for the program, Making Peace with Money. Laurie will help you realize the power to create fulfillment in your life and shed new light on your money madness. You'll learn how to make peace with money and feel the joy and freedom renewed in your life. Making Peace with Money is broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. He'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. 
on VoiceAmericaVariety.com, World Talk Radio, and with my co-host Lauren Beller, Blake, and our guest, Dr. Bonnie Jacobson, Ph.D., author of Choose to be Happily Married, How Everyday Decisions Can Lead to Lasting Love. Uh, she is also a professor of psychology at New York University. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you, you on this morning. Happy to Great be to here. Great to have you on. Great topic. We kind of led into the topic Lauren and I did before the break. <laughs> <laughs> We're always talking about relationships. topic for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I'll, give, we'll get, I'll just give you my background. Married for 20 years, divorced, and have a boyfriend, significant other for 20 years. And Lauren yeah. has been married. How long have you been married for, Lauren? Um, almost five years. Wow. Five years. Okay. Okay. So, so you both are yeah. on the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the battlefield, and we're, we keep on trying. That's right. That's yeah. right. And what I've found with many relationships is that the longer you're with someone, the more relationships you have. So people that are, like, married or together 30, 40 years, they um, often they'll say they've had seven, eight relationships within that time to the same person. That's and interesting. It's, it's yeah. pretty well, fascinating. You go through different... You, are, are you talking, Dr. Dr. J, Jacobson, about what you go through kind of different... It's an evolutionary process, isn't 100%, it? 100%. Like, it's an evolutionary process. And my book, the Choose to be Happily Married book, is gearing itself towards the attachment stage of a relationship. So when you first meet someone, you're attracted by lust. It's physiological. And then you go through a romantic stage, which is also physiological. And then eventually you settle in on the attachment stage, which is what lasts a lifetime. And very often people will say, I missed the beginning. He was so different. She was so different. And we were different because we were not really living the authentic attachment style that we developed as children with our original loved people, our parents, our mothers and fathers and caretakers. And that's the challenge, how to make different choices for a lifetime than the habits or defenses that we've developed in childhood. And that's what this whole okay. book is about. Now how I want to raise so how do, But, Doctor, how do we do that, Doctor? I mean, like, when you're young, I mean, that, that loss, that passion, I mean, that, I mean, that is one of the pieces of how you, or how you make your choice, right, about choosing a partner. You think so, that's not a yeah, good thing? Yeah, you choose it based on lust. Right. That's right. <laughs> but the and that's why I got divorced. <laughs> what? I said, and that's why I ended up getting divorced right. 20 years later. Because you lost that lust in the romantic. But the choices I'm talking about are the choice, are personal choices. It isn't about choosing outside of ourselves. It's the choices we're making every day. So, for example, someone was just mentioning before um, that she gets very angry every time her partner leaves the refrigerator door open. And she could make another choice. She could choose one of the turning points, a big one that we talk about under the area of flexibility is knowing the difference between being responsive and being reactive. So if I threw that out to either one of you guys, would you be willing to take a shot at the difference between being responsive or being reactive? I would. Would you want to do it, Lauren? Go ahead. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking that um, reactive is the unconscious response, like the thing that we just blurt out and say, and react. Uh, so that's reactive. Responsive is being at choice with it. Yeah, uh, taking a breath. So she was saying that every time she saw the refrigerator door open, she screamed at him and thought to herself, "He's an idiot." That's being reactive, and it doesn't really lead. 
it creates a barrier between yourself and your partner, whereas a responsive choice gives you the chance to have a boundary. And a barrier is like a a, a brick wall, whereas a boundary is a picket fence, which you have your boundaries. You really would prefer the refrigerator door be closed, but there's a flow between yourself and the other person. And even in that example that we were talking about, how do you then move from... um, if you're trying to be responsive and not reactive, then what do you do next? So in the case of this woman who was just talking, the next turning point is knowing the difference between good judgment versus critical judgment. If I throw that out to the two of you, would either one of you take a risk on that one? Like, what do you think is the difference? Good judgment and critical judgment? Between good judgment versus being critical. Critically judgmental, critical judgment. I'll give you an example of critical judgment, which okay. I might, uh, oh, because now we're on a trip. I'm actually in Warsaw, Poland, and we just got, we exchanged money when we got off the plane to, you know, Polish money, and when, and then got, and then we're getting in to drive up, we're in the cab, cab stops, and my significant other says to me, did you get any small change so I can give the cab driver a tip? And I, and I just, didn't yell, but it was definitely critical. Like, what's wrong with you? You know you were going to pay the cab driver. Why didn't you get the small change? Why did I have to get it? I can't do everything. Is that a good example? Brilliant, beyond belief. <laughs> and what what would be good judgment in that case? I think I need therapy. I don't know. <laughs> good judgment. Well, good what judgment in I that case would be to take a breath, really take a breath, and... Um, Let's see how this. I mean, obviously, both of you are tense. It's a new country. You're uh, feel both of you are feeling. Oh my God! You know, what do we get ourselves into? And then maybe one of the things. Here uh, is another one on turning point. Knowing the difference between influence versus control, right? So here you are feeling out of control. Mm-hmm. How would you want? Like, how would you if you were trying to influence him rather than? control him in that situation, what might you do? I think, well, I probably should have taken a moment, I think, and, and maybe you said this, you know, not responded immediately, not being reactive, not acting, not so quickly. Yes, I was anxious. I had to get up to the room. I had to, I mean, my excuses to set up my equipment and studio. Well, you were nervous. Show. It's so much going on. Yeah. So I needed to say, I probably just needed to say no. I didn't either. I don't. Ha- I didn't get. You know, we're, we both. We probably both should have gotten some small change, but we didn't. So maybe we can go into the hotel and and uh, you know go to the front desk and, and get some change. And and next time, you know. Well, you know, us, actually, that would be fantastic in terms of influence if you handled it that way. That would Instead be fantastic because you're being calm. You're setting up a model of how to handle a moment where uh, both people. Don't know what to do, and that would be a good example of of influencing perhaps your partner how we handle a tense moment, rather than trying to control him and yell at him. Yeah, and and Dr. Jacobson, I think that's part of what you're talking about in your book because these kinds of incidences, as you're saying, I think add up. These right. what are seemingly small decisions because it's right. not whether you're going to buy a house or you know move right. to California. 
these are the everyday things that add up and spell disaster or can if you don't take a look at them and decide well, to builds, handle them. It builds barriers between yourself and your partner because, like, for the, I mean, we'll just use that incident. I mean, life can keep changing every day, but, you know, he, next time that he doesn't, you know, do the quite right thing, he's going to have a very hard time asking for help because he's going to be afraid he'll get his head bitten off. You know, and he, so he forgot to get change. You know, he just forgot it. And he didn't approach you perfectly. But so actually, here's another uh, turning point, knowing the difference between your needs versus your wants. Does anyone want to take a chance on that one? All right, this is Lauren's turn, knowing your deed, the difference between needs and wants. I always think this is a really important one because I think it. Um, it's, in other words, our needs are basic needs and we have to get clear on this. Is this something that I have to have? Or wants, is this like, am I making a big thing because I just want this and I'm being, it's like a spoiled child versus someone with their feet on the ground, in my opinion. Well, and, and you know, all of us, we, we don't always, we have get to take a think about that because that example with the money, was that a need on his part or a want that his partner have the change? Yeah, let's get get another example of that. Give me an example. I'd like to have, Lauren, what's another example of that between a need and a want? Well, um, I'm just trying to think of a real one between my husband and I. You know, I would, I want him to, I want my husband, just can I, is it all right to use a real example here? I love but, using yeah. real examples because that's what life is. I, um, you know, I want him when he's traveling, which he does every single week, to be able to be a little more um, attentive to having conversation, even if it's for two minutes. Um, is that a need or a want? It's probably more of a want. Is he That's able great. to, you know, I don't know all the time. Probably not. It's not realistic. That's so um, great. Yeah. To know your difference between a need and a want. Because it may be that from his point of view, he has a need when he gets into the hotel room just to crash and sleep. And focus on whatever he's there for. And what? And focus on whatever he's there okay, for. Okay, maybe that's his need, that he, if he really gets involved with you, it takes him away from focus. Maybe he's the type of person that can... It needs to concentrate on one thing at a time. Right. And and that may be something where even though you would love it to talk to him, you can survive without it. Exactly. It's not really a need. Exactly. And that that would be something that you need to let go of. If he... Exactly. And not make... Cause, yeah. If it's a, so I think it's important. I think we have very few needs, you know, and I do think that's true. I think that we turn wants into needs and make, you know, stomp our feet about them. It's fabulous. <laughs> So, Dr. Jacobson, tell us what, why do, how do we get into this? I mean, why do we do this? I mean, how can we, maybe from the beginning of our relationships, not get, you know, start these kinds of behaviors that are really detrimental to the relationship? Excuse me, sneezing for a minute. But well, actually, <clears throat> sorry, that was a sneeze. Sorry. <laughs> um, actually, what this book is. It's kind of like a manual for a long-term relationship, almost like in the old days we had Dr. Spock for babies, yeah. and everybody had a Dr. Spock. That was their manual. Or these days, uh, the books, uh, What to Expect When You're Expecting, those are kind of the manual. Well, this is the manual for marriage, and you keep this on your bedside table. You take the test in the back of the book. You'll know what your strong points are and your weak points, and you really need to be conscious, like every single day, to be aware of the choices that you're making so that you can choose 
some, a turning point that leads to a boundary over one that leads to a barrier. And it really does take consciousness because we have habits, all of us, from our childhoods of how to be with people we're deeply attached to. And some of these habits are really defenses based on kind of unfinished business from the original family, things that didn't work out well for us there. And we developed I think the defense. key word, though, and what you have in your title, we only have a couple minutes left, okay, but I think go ahead. it's really important because when you say choose to be happily married, I mean, I think that word choose is important because I think part of really the problem is. is that everything is going to work out because we have this lust and passion for each other, so the rest will follow, and it doesn't. And it you doesn't. have to choose. Because and I start yeah. to get into our whole habits from our childhood. And you know, do I we really... present the, your book to our significant other, or do uh, on which side of the bed stand mm-hmm. is it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my fantasy for this book is that people buy it, and then they have these a book club where you get together with friends and you brainstorm every one of these turning points and you talk it out with your friends until you start to incorporate some of these ideas because this is more like a uh, a Bible that you know you can't really just read it snap your fingers, and you're going to do it. No one is. They're deeply ingrained habits that we have to start examining and so that we can make conscious choices if we want to be happy. All right. Choose to be happily married and how everyday decisions can lead to lasting love. We've been talking to Dr. Bonnie Jacobson, Ph.D., professor of psychology at NYU, the expert. You can buy her book, bookstores everywhere, uh, online. And do we have a website we can go to? Yes, drbonniejacobson.com. Great. Great having you on the show Thank today. You. Thanks. Great really advice. appreciate it. Bye-bye. We're going to take a break now. Uh, but Lauren and I will be back in a minute because our next guest is waiting for us, Tom Ferry. I'm Catherine Zox with Lauren Beller blake and you're listening to Voice America, Variety.com, World Talk Radio. Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is Dr. Vijay Nair. Together with my dear friend, Dr. Howard Piper, we are hosting our own show called Kiss Your Life Hello. We are two internationally recognized experts, researchers, authors, and health advocates in holistic medicine and counseling. We promise you a fantastic show with interesting guest experts to educate and entertain you with the latest information on mind, body, and spirit wellness. Join us on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you there. If your pets could talk, they'd tell you to tune in to Pet Shop Talk. Join internationally recognized animal massage therapist Lola Jean Michelin every week for a show that covers everything from nutrition, health care, and training for your pet or animal. Lola and her guest experts will bring you the latest trends in the pet care industry. And even if you're not a pet owner, you'll find out why pets do the crazy things they do. Tune in each Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're 
listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake, and our next guest, Tom Ferry, author of Life by Design, Six Steps to an Extraordinary You. Tom Ferry is a business coach, life strategist, with a particular emphasis on real estate and related industries. And he's also CEO of Your Coach, a multi-million dollar full coach service sales. Welcome to the show, Tom. Nice to have you on this morning. Catherine and Lauren, thank you so much for having me. I like the title of your book, Life by Design. I like those words, choice, design. You you can decide what you want to do with your life. So there are choices and there are six steps to an extraordinary you. Okay, tell us... First of all, I guess you had kind of a rocky history yourself, which brought you to the point of where you wrote this book and became successful and had a multi-million dollar company. So you started out as a punk at 13 years old, using drugs. Go on. Tell us your story because it wasn't a good one. You know, Catherine, I, I, I call my mother about every other day and I just say, I'm sorry. Um, between age 13 and 17, I was a hellion. I was kicked out of four different high schools, kicked out of my mother's house, my parents were separated, kicked out of my father's house, spent some time living on the streets, and was, you know, was fortunate enough to, to experience some things in my life that gave me perspective. And at about 18, I woke up from all this and realized that you know, I, I had a calling, there was something I was supposed to do, and it clearly was not the path that I was on. But, but I say, make no bones about it. If I can be where I am today, knowing what I went through between 13 and 17, everybody's got a shot. So, Tom, what at eighteen? What clicked? What, what you know? Parents will say, "My God, I've got a kid who's like you know, like you're describing. It, you were you know, flunking out of school. What, what did it? Was there a moment? Was there a mentor? Was there something that? What happened? It was a couple different things. I mean, as sad as this sounds, I had a, a good friend pass away, and it was drug related. And when I when I saw that and experienced that, it really it really brought to light. Like, okay, wait a minute, what's really going on here? You know, who am I really? What do I really want? And I can remember sitting in my apartment in Costa Mesa, California, and, you know, literally looking through a bullet hole window, thinking to myself, is this all there is? And, and I don't think, Catherine and Lauren, there was that, that one ah moment. I think it was a whole series of moments that finally woke me up out of this coma. And then, fortunately, I was given a book, and, and this is going to, again, sound cliche, Think and Grow Rich. When I was 18 years old, I read that book, and I realized that, you know what, there's a whole lot of people out there that have had it significantly worse than I, and if they can turn around, I can too. And that's really what got stopped me, you know, started on the journey of the last 22 years of my life. So, you, okay, all right, so it wasn't just one thing, as you say. It was just it was a series of things, and then it just got to a point like, okay, uh, critical mass, I guess I would call it. And you talk about in your book that we have to, in order to, get by all this stuff, is to conquer four addictions. You say that there are four addictions that hold us back so that we can't make the choices we want to make or design our lives in a, in a positive way. What are they? So it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I talk to high school seniors and I talk to CEOs of companies, and the greatest majority of the people I work with are, you know, my, my perfect client is female, and I jokingly say she's female, she's 55, she's raised a husband or two, raised a few kids, doesn't want to make a lot of radical changes, but is looking for what's holding her back. 
And in what I've discovered after doing this, you know, 100,000 coaching sessions, 20,000 hours of, of this work, is that there's four addictions that are killing our performance, four things that are stopping us. Addiction number one is the addiction to the opinions of other people. We're so wrapped up in what everybody else thinks that we're suppressing our own, our own goals, our own dreams, our own vision. The second one, and the one that really is impacting a lot of people today, is the addiction to drama. I mean, ladies, we all know someone that's just a drama head. Every time you go near them, I mean, it's gossip, 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 and they're always talking about the problem, but they're never doing anything about it. The third one is the addiction to the past. And so many people that I deal with today are just, they're stuck in 2005. They're, they're waiting for the market to come back. They're waiting for things to get better again instead of dealing with the present moment, moving forward, and, and creating a future. And then the last one that just kills people is the addiction to worry. They're laying in bed at night. They're thinking about, you know, all the terrible things that could happen. You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And as simple as those four things sound, after doing this work for 20 years, I've discovered that that's what leads people to drink. That's what leads people to, to drugs. That's what leads people to bury their head in the sand instead of being a part of the solution and doing something about it. I would say that I'm addicted perhaps sometimes to drama. I'm not addicted to the past, definitely addicted to worry. What would you say, Lauren? Are you addicted to worrying? I, I mean, I'm one of those people you're describing. I could be one of your clients. Uh, I am not, Catherine. I am happy to say I'm not addicted to worry. Um, and there's certain things like now and then I'll get into that mode, you know, but it's very, it's not a habitual thing. And I am very conscious about not being addicted to drama. And past, past, you know, what happened two minutes ago, I don't really know. Um, so no, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, well, I'm working pretty good over here. Lauren, good, good for you. And then what I would do, so, Lauren, if you were sitting in my office and we were chatting, most people that say, well, two, three, and four aren't my thing, it's usually number one. Number one is, the, is, is kind of the silent killer. Cause people and what say, was number one? The addiction, addiction to the opinions, to the opinion of, others. of opinions of others. Oh, the yeah. opinions of, isn't it funny? I didn't even hear that. Um, no, I don't think I, I don't think so. That, and I do, I know people that are. And it was interesting. My daughter was putting on her, my four-year-old was, didn't want to wear a certain shirt today because of what the other kids would say. Oh, my God, who cares? If you like it, put it on, you know? Lauren, i got to tell you, I'm going to hire you to be a coach for my company because you're a rock star girl. (laughs) (laughs) What about me? Catherine, listen, I mean, I'm I'm looking at your website. You're a star. So the answer is, even Catherine, all the coaches that work for me, they're, they're all able to look and say, you know what, it's two, it's number four, it's number three. And remember, it's oftentimes context specific. You know, it's, you know, do I look good for this specific, you know, photo shoot I'm about to do, or did I sound good on the radio today? All those things become the addiction to the opinions of others. But when you look at drama and worry, that's really what stops a lot of people. You know, we get wrapped up in drama, and I think of one of my clients in particular that I'm constantly reminding her that the reason you're turning to drama is because you don't want to address what's really going on in your world. So you want to gossip and you want to talk about all those other issues instead of seeing things as they are. And, and what's funny is oftentimes people will say, well, is it a male-female thing? And I say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. My studies show that it's, I mean, it's right down the board. Male and female, everybody's dealing with these four addictions. In some way, Lauren, in some way, it's stopping them from moving forward and living the life that they want, 
by design. But don't you think that they do it in a different way, males and females? They st- they have the same worry or the drama or the addiction to the past or the you know or they're concerned about how others feel about them. But maybe the balance is different, the male female balance. Gen- I think it's you don't think that it's a little bit different in terms of maybe the way they ex- males express it or females express their concern. Yeah. You got it yeah, absolutely. The way they express it is going to be different, but everybody's suffering from them. I mean, I again, I, I deal with. You know, I think of one of my one of my CEO clients. He, he's a young guy, forty years old, running this very successful company. And when I shared with him the list, first thing he said was, "I don't suffer from any of those." And then he goes down the list, and again, he goes, "Wow, number four. He goes, "The truth is, I worry about everything. I worry is my company okay? Are we taking care of our clients? Are my employees all right?" You know, can we make payroll? Can we do all the things we, we need to do? And he said, I never really thought about it in that context. He said, but I'm a worry wart. Mm-hmm. And what he got was, if he's spending that time worrying, he's thinking too much about the problem and not about what he's going to do about it. And, and again, so much of the reason why I wrote this book is, I just see too many people living in a coma, and, and they're just stuck. And they're stuck in their careers, in their relationship, in their health and vitality, and with their money. And my whole vision is to inspire people to live and work by design and to get out of that rut, to get out of that coma, because selfishly, I think it's one of the fastest ways we can get our economy back on track is by getting everybody individually back on track. So yeah, I, they get stuck, I agree with you, and people tend to do just what, with the, the necessary things in order to get by. And as you say, they're kind of in this coma, this uh, um, you describe it as an active coma. You know, they get up in the morning, they do the stuff they have to do for the kids, they do things they have to do for work, but they never get beyond that and they never go ahead. Um, and so, Tom, what would you say, um, how do we step-by-step get out of this act, you know, this coma that we're in? If, if we can, First of all, we have to be aware that, as you said, like the CEO or the, the successful guy didn't want to admit that he had any of these uh, addictions, but then when he actually thought about it, he said, okay, I do. So you have to be aware of it first. Awareness is always the first step, whether you're dealing with any issue. Can you first own up to the fact that, you know, hello, my name is Tom, and I suffer from the addiction and opinions of other people, and that's what's stopping me from going out and performing. Once you, once you do that, depending upon Catherine, the audience I'm dealing with, yesterday I spoke to, to 700 sales professionals, and, and what I said to them was kind of funny. I said, there's six things you can do, but let me give you two simple ones. And I said, if you would just do these two things, especially because you're an entrepreneur, you're out there, you know, you, you've got to perform good or you don't get paid. I said, so two things. Number one, exercise for five minutes every day. And you should have seen, Lauren, that the look that I got from this group. They looked at me like I was completely nuts. And I said, no, I'm serious. You exercise for five minutes every day. I said, what happens when you exercise? You feel good. When you feel good, how do you perform? When you perform good, what kind of results do you generate? And they all kind of looked at me and went, got it. And I said, that one simple thing, that one simple discipline gives you, and I bet, Lauren, I, I'm just going to guess that you exercise. And, I, you know, it's, I say do it for 10 minutes a day. It's so funny. Lauren, I'm I, the same thing. You have to do something every day, something. Ab- absolutely. It's, and I, I, when you said, you know, I don't really deal with any of those four, I find that the better physical condition people are in, the less they're suffering from these addictions. Mm-hmm. And that you and I both know there's just something about that psychology of, people that are working out, people that are active, people that are you know, focusing on making themselves the best they can be, that, that, that in itself, Catherine, has a huge impact on these four addictions. So that's the first one. The second one, you know, and the one that really helps people is, I say every day I want you to write down three things. 
I want you to write down, number one, what do you need to let go of? You know, what's, what's the old story? What's the old relationship? What's the old, you know, conversation with a friend that's bugging you or bothering you, that's, that's bringing up the drama and the negative emotion? Write it down. And there's just something symbolic about writing it down. It's almost like you delegate it out. And it's over it with. makes it real. What's real now is we have to say goodbye, and we could. Uh, <laughs> that's the reality. But no life problem, by design: no problem, six steps to an extraordinary you. Tom Ferry, great book. Bookstores everywhere, online, and do we have a website we can go to, Tom? You can go to tomferry.com. F-E-R-R-Y dot com. Great, great talking to you. You helped us. Thanks both. so much, ladies. Have a great day. Okay, we'll be back in a minute. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller-Blake, VoiceAmericaVariety.com, and World Talk Radio. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Best Boomer Towns delivers the inside scoop on the best 21 places to relocate or retire in the U.S. Listen to columnists, town bloggers, and local residents as we highlight a town each week. Talk show host Nancy Shaka brings you the best and the brightest. As a baby boomer, you experience Beatlemania, Woodstock, Vietnam, and the women's movement. Today, you're educated, health-minded, and thinking about where to spend your future. Tune in at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, to Best Boomer Towns every Thursday on the Voice America Variety Channel and start planning the best rest of your life. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller-Blake, and you're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. And our, we have a, our next guest is Adrienne Giordano. She's of Toys R Us. But before we talk to Adrienne, I have to make one announcement. Lauren, remember a few, a uh, couple months ago, I guess, I had uh, Joan London on the show. Uh-huh. And everyone remember. remembers her. She was the host of Voice America, of, Voice of uh, Good Morning America. Anyway, she's, I, Thomas Harris, she's launching today on QVC her new line of bedding and sheets. And I spoke to her last week. I was at a, at a uh, retreat with her, and they're beautiful. And they're, she, from all her world travel, she's taken the colors and the designs and, and put them on these sheets. Anyway, as we speak, I think in, a, you know, in an hour or two, she's going to be on QVC launching the line. So get on and take a look and... They're, they're beautiful, beautiful pieces. Anyway, all right. 
Uh, Adrienne Giordano, and she's doing really good work, uh, Toys R Us, and they are doing this with, um, this is a really, I, I would say, difficult or sad situation in the United States. More than 2.6 million babies across the country are currently living in poverty. I didn't know that. Uh, and so Toys R Us has uh, partnered um, with to save the babies, um, these 2.6 million babies, with blankets. Uh, research shows that early in life, blankets have the power to comfort a child and foster emotional development. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, it's really astounding, the statistics that um, in most recent years that has been coming up and, and showing us what need really exists right here in the U.S., and, um, you know, we're, we started this campaign with Save the Children really to try and, and help assist those young mothers and the, the babies who are so much in need. So the program itself, Adrian, is called Bundled, it's the Bundled in Hope campaign? Right, the Bundled in Hope campaign. Really speaking to the, uh, you know, the, the gist of the campaign, which is we're raising funds in store and online, um, and these funds are helping us purchase baby blankets um, for all of those newborns who are living beneath the poverty line. And really that's because a baby blanket is something that's so basic, and yet so many families can't even afford to buy those basic necessities for their little ones. Um, and really the, the baby blankets are the first emotional attachment they'll have outside of, you know, the personal contact with their mother and father. And sometimes babies won't give up the blankets when they're two and three years old. And they become so <laughs> That's attached. Right. Yeah, I mean, most parents can, can attest to the fact that their children have, you know, tattered <laughs> little <laughs> pieces of the blankets that once were. <laughs> so how do you, how do you, okay, we're talking about 2.6 million babies, and, and I guess the other statistic is that, uh, every 33 seconds a baby is born into poverty in the United yeah. States. These are horrific statistics, and it's getting mm -hmm. worse because of the economy. So how do you target these babies and moms? I mean, how do you find out where they are and get these blankets to them? Save the Children has offices all across the country, and while they're a global network, we are working with Save the Children's U.S. programs on this particular Bumbled and Hope campaign. So with the funds raised through the campaign, um, blankets are purchased, and thousands and thousands of blankets are purchased, and they're sent to certain hospitals and to regional offices that Save the Children works through, and they're actually brought to those women and the babies um, and personally delivered to them um, and really trying to also give them the resources that they need uh, beyond the blanket. So, you know, you're providing them with a blanket that they can swaddle their baby and, and make them feel comforted and warm um, when they're going through some distress, but also teaching the mothers a little bit about how they can care and provide for their, their newborns and, you know, how they can help foster some growth and development as they, um, as they you know, grow up into the young, young, bright children of our future. So, Adrian, how do, who does this? I mean, who actually goes in? I mean, you, you target certain yeah, hospitals. Save the children bodies. field workers all over the country who are working, um, you know, to connect with hospitals and connect with families who are actually living in homes or even shelters. Um, we had recently visited uh, Mark Shriver and a team from Save the Children uh, along with myself and a few from Toys R Us, and we went to a home for impoverished women and their babies, and we delivered the blankets to them. So 
even I was able to see, you know, what this campaign is actually doing in the field, the faces of these children and what it looked like when they saw that they were receiving these blankets. There, there was one young girl who actually put the blanket down on the wooden floor and she just crawled right up on it. And to see that, you really start to understand the type of connection that they, that they really need and that these blankets can provide. So they they symbolize a lot of things besides mm-hmm. being very practical from an emotional and physical point of view. And you're also saving, it sounds like, Adrian, and it's saving the mothers. I mean, it's not just the children, it's the mothers. Right. It's, it's really providing them with a sense of hope that it starts, it has to start from somewhere. Um, and knowing that Save the Children and Toys R Us are there to help them from the very beginning and start to build a foundation for their children, it inspires them to want to do better for themselves and do well for their children and start to build all of those very necessary skills in their children that will help them grow and flourish one day. So you've had hands-on experience. I mean, you have been there. You have, you've actually been to the, the venues, the places that you're talking yes, about? Yes, um, There are actually uh, there are some images of the one home that we had visited on the website um, where you can obviously also donate. It's toysrs.com slash bundled in hope. Um, and there are some photos there of Mark and, and the women from the shelter and their young children. You know, we always think it has to be something so complicated. At least sometimes I get caught up in that. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you do, Lauren. You know, you have to do so. You have to do, you think about all the, when you talk about 2.6, I mean, keep bringing the numbers up, Mm -hmm. million babies who are living in poverty that you have to donate so much money or so much time. And sometimes something as simple as this makes Mm -hmm. such a difference. Yeah, I mean, even if each person who walks into a Toys R Us or Babies R Us store donates $1, just $1 from each of the consumers would make such a huge impact on these little children. And, you know, the more uh, funds that are raised, the more children that we'll be able to reach and really start building a foundation for the future leaders of our country. And I think that's what's most important, that everyone has to understand everything starts from somewhere, and it can be, you know, something as small as $1 of a donation. So now once, is this program ongoing or is this something that... It's a nine-week campaign that uh, kicked off on Mother's Day and it will continue through Sunday, July 11th. And if we want to donate or if we want to get connected, we go to that website, Save the Children? Uh, You can go to toysrs.com slash bundled in hope. And you'll find tons of information on what the campaign is about. Um, you'll find photos of, you know, like I said, with Mark Shriver and, and how Save the Children, we went to that home for impoverished mothers and delivered the blankets. And you can also donate online as well. And I'm thinking how great for mothers who aren't impoverished who have all that they need. And when they give blankets to other babies and other mothers, how great that's going to make them feel. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's truly um, yeah. well, it, one of those campaigns that really hits home for a lot of new and expectant moms that we talk to all the time, and, you know, they see that it's so wonderful when they can bring their child home and wrap them in a warm blanket and, and not really think about that. But then, you know, when we've launched this campaign to really show them that there are some mothers, many mothers, who cannot do that, um, that really is, is what's driving such an awareness about the need and, um, and how, much, how important it is for people to donate. But that blanket is so important. I mean, I had three babies, and every and, and people, you know, blankets as gifts, 
and the important, the first blanket that they had was important, and it was all part of the, you know, I think there was a whole set they gave you, you know, you had a blanket mm-hmm. and sheets and the whole thing. So that was always an important piece in the very yeah. beginning. So, yeah, that the blanket. It's true. Um, and, um, it, yeah, so starting from the very beginning, I think that's what it's all about. Great. Well, it's great having you on the show, and you did mention the website one more time so that listeners, if they, you know, they can go online and go to the Toys R Us website and, and donate the website is toysrus.com slash bundled in hope. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Adrian Giordano, and that's what a great thing, right, Lauren? I mean, that's, we've, got, we've got about 30 seconds left, but um, that's definitely to a good cause. That's, a, you know, 2.6 million babies living in poverty. Not a good thing. No, not at all. Oh, yeah, my goodness. But so go to the website, go to the Toys R Us, and make that donation a dollar. I mean, think about it. Ugh. Craziness. Yeah. And, you know, here my daughter is four, and she loves her little blankets still. I mean, yeah. You know, it's something. She, and she said, she, just last night, Mommy, I want to keep it till I'm 44. <laughs> <laughs> you have to eventually substitute that with some, another blanket. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, but we won't get into that. But anyway, um, time to say goodbye. Have a wonderful tra- wonderful travels. All right. I'll talk to you next week, and you're going to hear all about Poland. Anyway, it's been great. Uh and we have it's Catherine Vox, your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller Blake on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Listen to us every week. Listen to us online. Uh, World Talk Radio. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.